Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us right here for the Active Church Podcast. We believe that you can tell a better story and we are so glad you are engaging with our content today. You're about to hear from one of our incredible teaching pastors and we hope that you'll be impacted by this message. Thanks again for being with us. My favorite all-time movie is Back to the Future. And I love this movie. It's that classic 80s film with over-the-top characters and over-the-top storyline. And the main reason why I love this movie is because of its conversation about the future. It talks about the future in a fun way. It talks about how the decisions and choices you make in the past can influence your present and your future. And whenever we have a conversation about the future, I think we should have fun with it. It should be something that stirs us up and gets us excited. I love talking with our team and our activators and our church about the future. I love thinking through what could be and how we can get there, the strategy that we can lay out. I love even thinking about where we were and how we got to where we are today. And that's why I love this conversation as we talk about the future of active today. And I'm glad that you're joining us, whether you're watching or you're listening. My name is Mike and I serve on the team here at active and let's talk about the future together. Let's talk about what we're building together. Let's talk about what God is doing in us and through us. Let's believe that the best really is yet to come because it is. We follow a God who changes lives and changes hearts and changes cities. And the future of Active is one that will bring life change to our city and the communities around us, to your world and to my world, to our hearts and to our families and to our friendships. The future of active is something that we can be excited about. It's fun to consider. It's fun to think about. And in this conversation, I bring two emotions as I think about the future. And they're two emotions that actually are the antithesis of each other. <laughs> like one is maybe good and the other one maybe not so good. The first emotion that I feel as we talk about the future of active is the emotion of gratitude. Like I'm grateful. I'm really grateful for where we've been and what God has done. Like if you would have told me seven years ago when we began this journey as Active Church that we would be where we are today, I would have believed you because I believe in God. And I know that there's nothing that's impossible with God. And I know that God will take every opportunity and he will turn it into a good moment, a better story moment, a life changing moment. And really what seemed impossible for a lot of us seven years ago is normal today. Here's what's normal at Active. Continuous guests showing up, people in a pursuit of God, wherever they're at, wherever they come from, they're pursuing God and they have found a space and a place to discover God and learn about Jesus and grow in their faith here at Active. We have people constantly coming. You're always inviting. And what I love about you activators is that you're always ready. What's normal around here is baptisms. You know, in the last seven years, we've baptized over 1,000 people here at Active Church. That's a miracle. And every one of those stories is a miracle. Every one of those men and women is a miracle. Those boys and girls, it's a miracle. God has stirred their heart and has drawn them in and has refreshed their story. That's normal around here. And you know what's normal around here? Joy. Like people actually want to be here. I want to be here. Our team wants to be here. It's not an obligation. We actually enjoy being together and we enjoy worshiping God and we enjoy what we get to do together. And that's why I'm grateful when I think about the future of active. 
I also have this feeling of discontent. And that might seem a bit odd in this conversation, but let me explain. I feel a discontent because now I see what's possible. I saw what God did in the last seven years at Active. And I'm believing that he's going to do it even more in the next seven years. I see what God can do. I see what's possible with God. I see what's possible with God through Active Church. I see what's possible with God through your story and your family story. We see now what is possible with God. And so I feel this discontent because there are more that need to hear about Jesus. There are stories after stories after stories around us that need hope and love and compassion and grace. They need the life that Jesus brings. Did you know that within... Two, uh, within 30 miles of Active Church live 2.2 million people and that 1.7 million of them are living life without Jesus. Like our vision at Active is that we would be a church that would begin to reach that 1.7 million and our first step is we wanna reach 1%. That's 17,000 people. It seems like a lot of people, right? From our perspective, but from God's perspective, it's just the start And we believe that that start for us is coming and we see God bringing people. We see God stirring hearts and changing lives. And we believe that active is primed to help people to meet Jesus and learn to follow Jesus. Did you know that from our active church, Ukaipa location, when you drive one mile from this place, you will pass 5,000 people who don't know Jesus. So as you leave, when you arrive, you will pass friends and family You'll pass coworkers, you'll pass people who you've met, you've loved, or you're learning to love. Families whose kids play soccer or baseball or basketball with your kids. We see people in need of the hope that's found in Jesus. And we believe that the way of Jesus is the best way to live. And that is why we believe that active exists. We believe that we're here for such a time is this, we believe that God is up to something in us today and he's building a better future tomorrow. We believe the best really is yet to come. And I wanna talk about what that thing is that we believe God is preparing us for. I wanna talk about the decisions that we can make today that can help us to tell better stories in the future. I wanna use a story from the scriptures, a true story of people like you and me and the things that they faced. I wanna talk about that because there were some things that they went through that we're going through today. And there were some postures and some behaviors and some choices that they made in their time that we can make in our time that I'm believing will allow us to tell better stories and will allow us to build a better future, the future of active, to be more like Jesus and to help people to meet Jesus and learn to follow Jesus. It's a story that is filled with gratitude It's a story that's filled with discontentment. They were grateful for what God was doing around them, but they were discontent because they saw the opportunity and they wanted people to know about the God that has rescued and saved them. And so if you have a Bible with you, I wanna invite you to turn to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, and we're gonna start in verse 16. And as you're turning there, let me set the scene for you. Acts is written by Luke. And Luke was someone that investigated the story of Jesus. He was a doctor. He was an intelligent, bright, smart man. And his first letter is called Luke. It's in the Gospels and Acts is the second part of his letter. And he talks about what the people of God did with the story of Jesus. And he writes about this moment 
where Paul is leading the church and he's leading the charge and he has people who love Jesus around him and they're, they're doing significant things. And what he writes about is hopeful and helpful. What he wrestles with is powerful. He brings us into a moment where Paul and this first group of people, this first church are living in such a way that people are intrigued and interested in Jesus. And he gives us some detail through the words of Paul and the actions of Paul that we can actually apply to our lives today. Some postures and some behaviors that we can take and hold on to in our world today because that day they were building the future of the church and we are the result of that. And today we are building the future of active. And I wanna talk about how we can do that in such a healthy and holy and hopeful way. And so Acts chapter 17 is where we're gonna be. And we're gonna start in verse 16. And Luke brings us into the scene this way. He says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, them being the other followers of Jesus, they were gonna gather there. He says, his spirit was deeply troubled when he realized that the entire city was full of idols. And he argued the claims of the gospel with the Jews in their synagogue and those who were worshipers of God. And every day he preached in the public square to whomever would listen. Immediately we see that Paul and those first followers of Jesus are engaged with the people around them. They're engaged in relationship and engaged in friendship. They're building trust, earning trust and gaining influence during this time in the way that they speak and in the way that they live and in the way that they treat people. And it was intriguing. It was attractive. It was almost irresistible. And there was a group of people that were well-educated religiously and also scholarly. And they were drawn to what Paul was saying and doing and what these men and women were saying and doing. So they bring them in to have a conversation. Luke tells us that when they bring them in, they said, tell us about this new teaching that you're bringing to our city. You're presenting strange and yet astonishing things to our ears. And we wanna know what it all means. Now, it was the favorite pastime of the Athenians. This is Luke giving us some narration. It was the favorite pastime of the Athenians and the visitors to Athens to discuss the newest ideas and the philosophies. This wasn't unusual is what Luke was saying and what Paul was involved in. However, he's saying that they were drawn to this story, this message, to this life, to this person named Jesus. And what Paul was doing was intriguing. What Paul was saying was, drawing them in and it was familiar to them. Like this moment was familiar to them. They, they felt their hearts stirring like before, but there was something about what he was saying that made them want to know more and not just so that they can fill their minds, but there was something hopeful about it. There was something that was really helpful about it. And what I love about Paul's posture and the first Christian's posture in this moment is that they weren't doing anything that was weird or strange or uncomfortable. It was accessible. I had the privilege of knowing two really great men growing up, Pastor Frank Mercer and Pastor Bob Kreider, two men that were great friends of our family and great pastors. And the reason why they were great, well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons why they were great is because of their love for Jesus and the way that they demystified God. And what I mean by that is God didn't seem foreign or distant or strange or weird. 
When you interacted with Bob or when you interacted with Frank, what you got was somebody who was passionately in love with Jesus and wanted you to know about what they knew, wanted you to hear about what they've heard and wanted you to hold the hope in your hands that they held in their hands. And I remember as a young kid watching them going, I love how they love Jesus. I was young, but they made God so accessible in the way that they lived and the way that they spoke. And Paul is doing that here, which brings up an interesting question. Why is it that Christians always seem so strange and weird? Why is it that sometimes we constantly live in such a way where people are like put off by us instead of drawn in by the story that we're telling with our life and with our words. There's this phrase in the Christian world called be in the world, but not of the world. And we've taken a piece of that from the scriptures. But the problem with that phrase is that we've often said when we are in the world and not of the world, we act so strange and we speak so weird that people are put off by us and don't even want to be around us. But that's not what you see in this moment with Paul. In this moment with Paul, he is in the world, but not of the world because he is a part of the kingdom of God. And yet people are drawn to that. They're attracted to that. It wasn't, it wasn't self-righteous. It was selfless, or at least an attempt to live in a more selfless way. And that's why people were drawn to that. Like, I want to hold a posture and I want active to hold a posture to where we interact with people that may not believe the way that we believe or attend the church that we attend or have the perspective that we have or believe in the God that we believe in, but they would look at us and say, listen, we may disagree, but I would would hire you because you have integrity and character. Listen, we may not see the world the same way, but I would want my kids to date your kids because of your integrity and character. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with all the things that you hold in your heart, but I want to be around you because there's something about your compassion and your love that draws me in. Like that's what it means to be in the world, but not of the world. It doesn't mean that we're irritating and we're debilitating to others and we push them away and we're condemning and we just think about getting out of here and going to heaven. Paul says, no, we live life right now. And they were drawn in by that. And because they were drawn in by that, they wanted to know what it was that Paul held in his hands and in his heart. And so in verse 22, he stands up in the middle of the leadership council called the Areopagus. And listen to his words. He says, respected leaders of Athens, it is clear to me how extravagant you are in your worship. For as I walked through your city, I was captivated by the many shrines and objects of your worship. I even found an inscription on one altar that read to the unknown God. And so I've come to introduce you to this God whom you worship without even knowing anything about him. Notice when he walks in, he's not condemning. He doesn't come in and say, you're terrible people, look at all these idols. (laughs) Notice when he comes in that he's not judgmental. He doesn't come in and say, I have it figured out and you don't, you're fools and I'm not, let me set you straight. But he actually comes in and speaks with understanding. He sees all of these idols, these, these gods that they worship. And he goes, I see that you're on a pursuit of God. You're on a pursuit of something bigger, something better. I see that you want to believe that there's something more than just your little life. I even see that there's an idol to the unknown God, just in case you left a God out. (laughs) And Paul goes, can I tell you what I know? Here's what you know. But could I tell you what I know? Could I tell you about the God that maybe you don't know? 
and how he isn't just a God, but he's the God. He's not just a Savior. He's the Savior. He's not just a Messiah. He's the Messiah, and his name is Jesus. Could I tell you about what I know? Which, by the way, that's the best approach in life. Hey, could I share what I know? Could I tell you what has happened with me and what I've become convinced of and convicted of? And Paul begins to share, and he starts at the beginning. In verse 24, he says, the true God is the creator of all things. He is the owner and the Lord of the heavenly realm and the earthly realm, and he doesn't live in man-made temples. He supplies life and breath and all things to every living being. He doesn't lack a thing that we mortals could supply him, for he has all things and everything he needs. And then he gets a little bit more specific, and he says he is a God who is easy to discover. How could we ever think or even think that the divine image could be compared to something of gold or silver or stone or sculpted by man's artwork or clever imagination. And then he gets a little bit more specific and he starts talking about Jesus. And he says, he, Jesus, commands all of us to repent and turn our attention to God. For he, the appointed one, has risen and he is the one that will judge the world in righteousness by the man he has designated, talking again about Jesus. And he has given proof to the world that God has chosen him because he has resurrected from the dead. Paul is helping them to understand something about our rhythm of life. Like all of us fall into this rhythm of life where we set our own standards, where we have our own what you could call religious practices. And what he's saying to these men in this Areopagus is he's saying, look, your goodness, if it's just about you, your goodness will be your godliness. And here's the problem. There's gonna be trouble when you make trouble because suddenly what is good in your life will disappear and you won't have anything to aspire to or chase after. You won't have anything that will set you free from your own undoing. We all live that way is what Paul is saying. We all find ourselves tripping over ourselves, like breaking our own standards. He says, your standards will change based upon what it is that you believe at that time, because isn't it easier to change our beliefs than it is our behaviors? This is why Paul says, Jesus has invited us to repent. Now this isn't somebody standing on the side of the road with a sign or a megaphone. The invitation of repentance is based upon God's kindness that God invites you in kindness because of Jesus. He's removed everything so that we can move in a new way and actually have life and live in the way of the kingdom of God because Jesus has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. It's as if Paul is saying, you know what the main question is during this time? It's similar to the main question in your time and my time. And the question that they're wrestling with is not, Is there life after death? Although that's an important question. And the answer is yes, in Jesus, we get heaven. Yes, in Jesus, we get eternal life. Yes, in Jesus, we get to be eyeball to eyeball with God. No more faith, no more prayer, because you're gonna be sitting and eating and talking and hugging and interacting with God himself. But that's not the main question that Paul is saying people are wrestling with or that he's wrestling with. The big question that they're asking in that time is the same question we're asking now. Is it possible to have life before death? Is it possible to be alive while we're here? And Jesus says, yes, 
That's why I came. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and have it to the full. And the way that he does that is through the cross and the resurrection. And that's why the word repent shows up. It's, it's turn your attention to the one true God. Turn your attention to the God who is named Jesus. And they hear all of this, just like you and I have heard all of this. Listen to their response. The moment that they heard Paul bring up the topic of the resurrection, some of them ridiculed him and they got up and they left. But others said, hey, we want to hear you again later about this. This is a moment that, that proves to us that no matter what is shared or heard or believed, that we won't change if we don't want to change. That things won't change if we don't make a decision to turn in a new direction. And what Paul is showing us in his actions, in his words, is that intentional effort and personal time and relational equity are what bring about great change. And Paul was willing to invest. Paul was willing to give. Paul was willing to speak. Paul was willing to take time. It's why he's such a great influencer. He wasn't just going to talk about it. He was going to be about it. And he was going to earn the respect of those who didn't see the world the way that he saw the world through the way that he loved them and spoke to them and created space for them. Because his longing was for them to meet Jesus and learn to follow Jesus. Not to condemn them or show them up or be self-righteous around them. Paul was convinced that every moment mattered. And in every moment, he wanted to display what God is like. He wanted to speak about who God is. And he wanted people to know about this Jesus. He wrote it this way to another church in a very simple but powerful form. He said, live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. In other words, Jesus will take your story and he will use it for God's glory. Jesus will take who you are and will use it to acknowledge who God is. And this, my friends, is what Paul did in that time that built the church. And this is what God wants to do in us and through us today that will build the future of active. Like here's the posture that Paul and these first followers of Jesus held in that time. They were not above anyone or anything. They would constantly check themselves to get rid of their ego and their arrogance and choose humility. They would choose to serve because that's what Jesus does. They would choose to share about hope because that's what Jesus did. They would choose to hang out and build trust because that's what honorable people do because that's what the Son of God did for them and continues to do for them today. They would choose to be generous because of what they learned about God and they saw how God's generosity, the giving of His Son, changed the world. Jesus put it this way, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The idea is this, from Paul, from this letter, from Luke, and even for us at Active, the idea is this, God does, so will I. God loves, so will I. God forgives, so will I. God is generous, so will I be generous. God is compassionate, and so will I be compassionate. God is kind, and so will I be kind. God does, and so will I. We follow the lead of our God in heaven who has revealed himself in Jesus. The reason why Paul says he's easily to dis discoverable, easy to discover, is because Jesus has come. 
And we get to tell that story every single day. When pain is rising in our world, we run into those painful moments when darkness seems like it's overcoming, when it feels like hell on earth. We live a life worthy of the calling that we have received so that hell doesn't have a stranglehold on those that we love and that we're learning to love. Jesus talked about the church and about its battle against hell. And Matthew wrote about it. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. The church runs to the darkest places and spaces in this world and we light it up with the hope of Jesus. This is what Paul did. The first church did. And this is what we've done. And if you've been at Active for a time, you know this. If you're new to Active, maybe you've heard about this. Like we decided when COVID hit, we would be flexible and we would be agile. When our mountains were burning with fires, we filled up our events room with supplies and gave them away for free within an hour of the fire starting. When our friends who were just acquaintances in our community tragically lost their son, we reached out to love and serve and walk with them. And now those acquaintances are friends and not just friends, but their family here at Active Church. When we heard that kids were being trafficked, we partnered with Million Kids and decided that they were going to be someone we would work with because that should not stay and should not stand. When we discovered that there was an epidemic of homelessness in Redlands, we decided to reach out to Heidi Mayer and Youth Hope and we supplied them with over $5,000 in resource to do the work that they do so well. And when we learned that 1.7 million people within a 30 mile radius of our church were living life without Jesus, we decided that we were gonna be for everyone because Jesus died for everyone and rose again from the grave for everyone. And now, as we move into the future of Active, I wanna give you something that we're gonna to do together soon and something that we're gonna to do together after. First, the soon. The soon is this Christmas, we believe that all of the children in this area deserve a Christmas that they will not forget. And so we believe that the people of Active, the people of God, the church of God should rise up and provide a gift for each of these kids. And so we're gonna share details with you over the next few weeks and months, but we're going to up our dollar club game and we're gonna call it the Christmas club. And you and I are gonna supply great Christmases for the kids in this area because they've earned it, they deserve it. And that's what the people of God do. That's the soon. The after is we are convinced and we believe that God is opening up our opportunity to begin to launch our next campus. And we believe that next campus is just to the east of us in Cherry Valley in the Banning and Beaumont area. Did you know that they're building homes for over 100,000 people to move in? And there's a direct line from where that's happening to where our church is. It's called Bryant Street. And we believe that God is opening up the opportunity for us to move in that direction. We think that the church is most effective, not when we're saying, come find us, but we're saying, we're gonna come and find you. But friends, we can't do those things if we don't do the everyday things that bring change and hope and bring love to the world, which is why today I wanna to invite you to take a step in the direction of God and help us build the future of active. I wanna invite you to be a servant. It's time to join a team. You've been coming and you've been a part of active, but it's time to actually help build the future of active. 
I want to invite you to be in meaningful friendship by getting connected in an environment like Rooted. It's time to get to know people and not do this on your own. I want to invite you to be generous. When we're generous, it allows us to be laser focused on the story that God is writing for active and through active. I want to invite you to practice the tithe and the offering to join us in doing that because that financial generosity allows us to be very clear about what it is that we're doing next. And I want to invite you to be an inviter, to not come alone anymore and to constantly lean into the friends and family and live a life worthy of the calling that you've received and say, I would love for you to come and sit with me at Active. We believe that when we do this, there are better stories to be told. This is how we build a better future. And it's why after every conversation that I have with you, I finish with three really powerful words. Amen, amen, and amen. The phrase, the word amen in the scriptures literally means let it be so. May it be what you have said, God. It is true and we agree. It's the last words that Jesus uses in the letter of Revelation at the end of the scriptures. It's a promise that he will be with us always to the very end of the age. And then he says, amen and amen and amen. And so at Active, whenever we finish a conversation, we use those words because we see that as our battle cry. It's us saying, yes, let it be so in us, God. Yes, let it be true. And yes, may we submit and surrender to it. So when we see better stories, we say, amen, amen, amen. When we see baptisms, we say, amen, amen, amen. When we see generosity, we say, amen, amen, and amen. It's like, if you put it into 2021 language, it's like us saying, let's go, let's go, let's go. We're all in, we're trusting, we're building, we're believing, amen, amen, amen. The future of active is in front of us and you and I and all of us together, we get to build it. And so I wanna ask you to take this very personal. And so if you're watching or you're listening, I wanna invite you to do two things. One is for you that you can do privately. And the other one is for us as a church that you can do publicly. The, the personal thing that I wanna invite you to do is to begin to intentionally pray for your street, for your neighborhood, for your city. I'm talking about like setting aside a time, setting aside a moment, grabbing your family, setting the alarm and asking God to do what he's doing up there in heaven and bring it here on earth to your street, to your neighborhood, to your community. We believe that when we lay one another and the stories of one another before God, God does a good work. It's us keeping company with God through prayer and asking God, hey, what it's like in heaven, bring that to earth. So I wanna invite you for the next season of life, for the next few months, I wanna invite you to be on your knees and set aside time, pick a place, pick a time, Pick a moment and set aside time with your family and to begin to pray for those that are to your right and left in your neighborhood. Begin to pray for your street. Begin to pray for your community, maybe even your city. At Active today on Sunday, if you're watching or listening to this on Sunday, we are actually handing out street magnets to everybody and they're gonna be able to write down. And so if you'd like one, would you direct message us and we can send you one or we can arrange a time for you to pick up one. The second thing I want you to do is something that we're gonna do publicly today at Active, and that is baptism. Baptism is the announcement that God is up to something in us. 
Baptism is us saying, God, I'm in, I'm in need of you and I'm dependent upon you. The writer of Romans is Paul and here's how he describes that moment of baptism. He says that sin is a dethroned monarch in you. So you must no longer give it opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness, but instead passionately answer God's call and yield your body to him as one who has experienced this resurrection life. Remember, sin will not conquer you for God already has. He's drawn you in. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. We choose to get baptized because God has moved and we wanna announce that publicly. We want the world to know about what God has done, what we have learned, what we know, what we hold in our hands. And so I wanna invite you to choose to get baptized today. And if you're watching this or listening to this on Sunday, you are invited to come to one of our services. At the end, we'll have a moment of baptism. But if you're watching this a different day, then I wanna invite you to reach out to us through direct message and we will arrange a time for you to make a decision to go public through baptism. Friends, it's time to build the future of active. It's time to say, amen, amen, amen. May it be so. Or maybe for you and me in our day today, maybe it's time for us to say, let's go, let's go, let's go. So let's pray and let's build and let's tell better stories because the future of active depends on it. Let me pray for you. So Heavenly Father, it is with great excitement that we share what we share today, that we talk about what we've talked about today. It's with great excitement because we know that you're up to something and you've led us in this direction so far and we're trusting that you're continuing to lead us into the next season of active. And so God, would you be with the hearts that are stirring? Would you be with those that are ready? Would you be with those getting baptized? And would you prepare us for that next campus? Because we're believing and trusting that you're up to something and the best really is yet to come. So we give you the future of active and we will submit and surrender to you and depend upon your leading and your direction. In Jesus' name. And together we say amen and amen and amen. We hope you enjoy the Active Church podcast. If you want to know more about Active Church, you can follow us on our social media platforms at Active Churches. Don't forget to subscribe as well to stay connected to future podcasts. And if you are a local, we would love for you to experience the room with us. Sunday services are 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. in Yukaipa. See you next time.